Good morning, everyone. This is Amy Wenslow getting us started. So for everybody who's on the phone line, welcome. Come on in and uh, get yourself a, a cup of coffee. I am really glad that we're here today. There's a lot happening in uh, in business world right now, obviously. Some of that is related to how you come across, how you're, you're perceived. So I'm really excited today, as usual, to be doing the show. I um, just love that we get to do this and that we get to help you this way. So for all of you who might be new, um, I'm Amy Wenslow, and Products to Profits is our company. We get things ready for large volume sales and large corporations all the time. So this is our way of mentoring you, and whether you're a client or you're not a client yet, um, or you, you, know, you just want to listen in and, and see if this is for you, welcome. Happy, happy Monday. Today we're going to talk a little bit about how you actually use packaging to build value. And by value, I mean value in a customer's perception, meaning an end consumer, as well as a company or an investor, okay? It is a little different, and a lot of people don't really do this very well. So, um, all that said, a little bit of logistics for us all. I am not an attorney, so if you have a legal question around trademark, copyright, patents, happy to answer it from a street smart perspective. We've been doing product a very long time for the U.S. market, and I work with it. I'm one of the speakers for the U.S. Patent Office. But since I am not an attorney, I will probably refer you to your attorney after I give my perspective. So I'm going to do a little bit of content here at the beginning, and then we're going to um, jump in and answer questions. So this is interactive. This is your chance to quiz me, to find out a perspective that maybe you haven't heard before or to see um, what packaging might look like for you or to talk about that. So I've got some notes today because packaging and branding are such big topics, and um, I'm going to run through this, these opening remarks pretty fast, okay? So hold on to your hat. Grab a pen, grab your favorite beverage, mine this morning is water, and let's dive in. So, branding. People think that they have to have a good brand, which is true, okay? And where does branding touch your business is something that a lot of people don't really understand. So, branding is how your business or product is perceived from the marketplace and it's every touch point. So a touch point is something like, oh, your product packaging, your instruction sheet, your website, your Facebook Live, your lack of Facebook Live, um, Instagram feeds, Facebook pages, websites, Amazon listings. It is also things like, do you have a good functioning voicemail system? Do you use a company domain name for your emails or are you using Gmail? That's all related to your branding. Even your signature line in your email is related to your brand, okay, and to your branding. Now, that's kind of the impact and places that you would put your brand, right? And then you, of course, have advertising, TV advertising, etc. However, what makes good brand, and when, when we, I say that, I'm talking about the visual aspects themselves, okay? 
so your logo and your colors. What is a good brand relates to how people feel when they look at it or think about it, okay? So if you have something that is meant to be used in the summer and you use cool colors, your product will be viewed as refreshing, okay? Colors like orange are typically viewed as fun. So you want to actually think through color choices, and there's really about nine main colors. Um, and then you're going to think about where is your product being used, how do you want people to feel when they use it, etc. okay? The other parts of visual branding are things like what font shape do you have? Now, a font is the actual letters. So anybody who's not familiar with the word font, it means letter, okay? And it's the shape of the letters. So there's shapes called serif and sans serif. If you've ever seen a letter that has like the little feet, um, if you're watching the Facebook Live and you're looking at the titles that are up across the bottom of the video, that is a sans serif font, meaning it has no serif, no little feet. The little feet um, serif fonts tend to be um, curvier. They tend to flow into each other a little bit better, like the letters read a little better. Times New Roman is a really common serif font. Sans serif are things like Helvetica, etc. So the type of font that you use has a feel and a distinct um, energy to it when you're looking at your logo, okay? You want your logo to be easily understood. Um, if you think about the Fortune 500 logos that you like, most of those are going to be Helvetica fonts or variations on it. There's basically three main fonts that most Fortune 500 companies would go with. Now, you can do things like make slight tweaks and changes to the letters. Um, we have some examples we use a lot, like uh, Loop Rope. And Loop Rope's logo has some lines through it so that it breaks it up, and it's, it's got some font treatments that change it. Um, we were looking at a client font and logo on Saturday, and um, there was a negative space, meaning not the letter itself, but something to help define the space. Um, it just didn't work. It had too strong a reference to some things that um, you wouldn't want people to notice. So you want to actually look at things like the font shape, how your logo is playing, and do people understand it, okay? So um, there's a ton I could say more about that, and I'm happy to answer questions if you'd like. Um, so let's talk about what makes good packaging and branding. Now, this topic has come up because we've had a lot of people asking us to work on their packaging lately, and it's become very clear when we start talking to them, they're not really ready for it. They don't really have the elements that we would need to be able to do packaging, okay? So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And first, we're gonna talk about this, what makes a good package? What does good branding mean, okay? First and foremost, product market fit. That means, do the people that you're intending to sell it to understand and relate to the product? Do they understand it? Do they get it? Is it feel like it should belong to them? For example, if you were selling something to creative services and really creative people, would you use a very, very corporate font to try to sell to them? Probably not, right? If you're selling an outdoor product, are you gonna use something that's really slick and cold and hard-lined? And maybe not, right? 
So product market fit is really important, everything from the font to the colors to the shape that your package is and the type of packaging that you're using. Product market fit. Um, getting your packaging to be memorable, getting it to pop off of a, a shelf, you know, like look like it's got something energetic about it. Also, how easy is it to understand? Um, if you were doing something that's a really eco-friendly product, you might want to look at some brown craft kind of um, papers to do your, your labels on or your wrap. Or you want to think about what is the value system of the people that you're selling to, okay? And, again, I can talk more about this. Um, the biggest thing that your packaging has to do, and I mean has to do, okay, is to support the perceived value of your product. So if your product is a, is a $49 product and your packaging looks like you did it on your home computer and you've never touched graphics, you are not going to make a lot of sales that you really probably should be making, okay? Um, your packaging has to look like it should be that level. Now, even if you're selling online, that this is important. If you read Amazon reviews, you'll see people commenting on the packaging. Oh, this arrived in a really nice package. You know, wow, it was really easy for me to understand the instructions. Um, you also notice that there are reviews where, like, look, this thing arrived in an envelope, and, but, like, it was cheesy, and all the, the writing was in Chinese or was in some other language, or, wow, you know, this was really confusing. That's all related to packaging, okay, and to the product market fit. So the other piece about your packaging is you want to have a consistent aesthetic across all your branding, meaning your website feels and looks similar to your packaging. And your packaging looks similar and has the same kind of feel or attitude as any instruction sheet that you've done. Okay? So getting that consistency will help you. Um, there are some format things to consider about packaging. Um, you're going to be looking at maybe a box, a bag, a blister, a belly band. And if you don't know what that is, that's a wrap that goes around products. Um, so belly bands. You could have a header card or a backer card. There's a lot of different formats that might be coming into play. Um, you could have just straight labels. Um, there's also something like an insert for instructions or also for extra marketing materials. Like there's some really strategic ways to use instruction sheets. Um, we're working on one for a client. We're doing all their photos on Saturday, and I'm, I'm looking at it right behind the camera um, on the shelves here. And this particular product has probably three to four images needed for every part of the instruction sheet, but we're also leaving two panels for marketing tests. So you want to think through your instruction sheet and how you can use it and what the right size and shape is if you're going to do one. Um, so there are some elements that you need with the designer. So when you go into doing a, a packaging project, you're going to be looking at needing photos. Um, your logo, if you don't already have it, you know, the design team can work on that for you. Um, you're going to need some good marketing text, right? And the marketing text needs to relate to the photos. Like maybe some of your text gets replaced by some really good images, right? Usually it's 
going to be best if your design team has input into your photo shoot list because they can go, okay, here's the vision for the packaging. Here's why we're going to do it this way. Here are the photos that we're going to need um, to use right alongside some text. So you're going to also need a physical sample. Um, we had somebody come to us last week for their packaging, and just I love her dearly. She's a, a client of ours, and um, we need a physical sample before we can even determine the width of the band that goes, is going to go on this product um, because there's some structural considerations about getting it to not slide off the product, et cetera. So we have to make sure before we even design the type of um, package, whether it's going to work with this particular product and the shape that she's doing. Um, you're going to also need to have some sort of market information or description. It doesn't have to be big, but you have to be able to tell the design team um, who you want to sell it to, right? And if they're a good designer, they should be asking you this question. Well, who are you trying to sell to? because that will change the aesthetics of the package, okay? Um, let's see, what else have we got? Oh, should also know the approximate price that you want the product to sell for, because the package type will change based on that, potentially, or the visual aesthetics will change, right, based on who you want to sell to and how much you want to sell it for. The other piece that you want to have a sense of cost or price for is to make sure that the method of packaging is going to be good with the factory process that you can use and make sure that you're not going over a targeted cost, okay, or that you're, you're going to be in a ballpark. So there are some, some tips about how you start to think about packaging. When you use this to build value, you are going to be looking at how does your packaging interplay with the market, right? The, the packaging will actually help you build sales, which changes the conversation with any investors, right? And it also can turn around a lot of problems with buyers. If you have a product that's in the market, um, like the email I, I wrote this morning, um, and you're losing market share or the buyer's going to kick you out, sometimes changing your packaging dramatically and doing a massive improvement can fix the problem that are getting you um, in trouble. We'll say it that way. So with that, I'm going to um, look here and take a few questions. I see on Facebook Live, we've got comments coming in and some reactions. Wow. So hey, everybody over there in Facebook land. And then if you're on the phone lines and you have questions about packaging, um, you can press star 2, and that will raise your hand, and um, we'll answer your question. So press star two on the phone lines to ask questions. Um, wow, I see we've got people from all across the U.S., and it looks like we've got Canada joining us too. So um, packaging, if you have not already taken it on, um, you the price range is going to vary drastically um, based on the type of package you're doing and, and how complex it is. Um, Okay, so I am seeing a question. Oh, perfect. Um, it is about price, too. Like, how much does it cost to have packaging artwork done? Okay, so packaging artwork is going to vary greatly based on the experience of the design team that you're using and also what you're having them do. For example, um, we are doing a photo shoot, and it's a one-day photo shoot. It has 
three locations um, being represented, three different environments, uh, two models, the photographer, his assistant. It's about a 10-hour shoot, and it's a lot of shots that we need to capture. Um, that photo shoot um, would probably be about starting at around $9,000, okay, and go up from there based on complexity. Um, and you should definitely have a shoot list when you go into something like that. Um, logos, the Wild West, you know, the famous one is the Nike swoosh cost, I think, $500 or something like that. Um, it's not usually going to be like that. And you have to actually understand aesthetics to run a project at that tight of margin. Um, so that you don't end up with a complete crappy logo. Logos, usually you're going to see run starting $2,500 to $3,000. Um, if you are doing higher-end things or you're going to be up against a lot of corporate competition, your logo is extremely important. Um, we redid a logo for a client as part of a packaging project, and it's getting them interest from some pretty major players, we'll say it that way. Um, so when you look at your logos, I would budget some serious money for it. If you want, like, a full branding package, um, it's not uncommon for those to run twenty or $30,000. Um, we have a client that we did packaging for nine SKUs, and we were doing the whole project for around $25,000, which was really good pricing. And she priced out competitive um, firms to ours, and she was quoted $35,000 per SKU. So we were doing nine at 25000 So we really try to, to be a, a budget-conscious um, alternative for people while still bringing, you know, serious background to it. So when you're seeing prices, you're gonna, it's going to run the gamut, and you want to make sure that the vision is consistent with what you want your product to be. So with that, on the phone lines, press star 2. That will raise your hand. Let me go back over to our Facebook Live, see if anybody's got any questions there. Awesome. Okay, well, I see we've got Door Jam um, over on our Facebook Live. That's uh, Steve's product, really cool product for first responders and military guys and um, police officers, mostly police officers and first responders. Um, so check that out. It's Door Jam, D-O-O-R-J-A-M-M. And you can find that. I think he's got his – Steve, type below if you've got your um, website up live, and uh, people can hit you up there for it. Um, so let's see what we've got going on phone lines. Great. Okay. So it looks like the phone lines are kind of quiet. Um, so if you are on this, it's obvious that you're interested in packaging and you're thinking about it, so I'd love to have you ask some questions. Um, format of packaging is really important. I can see a couple client projects on here where we haven't done packaging at this point. So, um, Sue, for you, you're probably looking at a box of some kind, um, and you're definitely going to have to have some photos. You might be able to use some stock photography on that. Um, and then there's some phone numbers I don't recognize. But, um, wow, this is great. Um, let's see. Okay. Um, someone asked, what is a belly band? A belly band is a wrap that goes around the product, but it's not a box, and it's not a bag. So it's usually some sort of cardstock. Um, 
and I'm looking to see if I have a sample handy. It's a piece of cardstock that has printing on it that wraps around it. You'll see it on things like soaps, uh, blankets sometimes will have it. Um, it, it runs the gamut. We have used it on several different products. So it's a good alternative if you want someone to be able to touch the product, but you need a lot of what I call real estate to explain the product. So I brought out a couple um, packaging samples that I really, really just love. Some of you may have heard me mention that I have a 10 foot by 10 foot whiteboard wall here in uh, this particular office, and that's courtesy of Idea Paint, which is this product right here. So the Idea Paint uh, package is pretty brilliant. Um, if I remember correctly, it was done by some old um, Apple executives. So they have this really great method um, where you open it up, and I've kept this package for years because it's um, a good example of adding a little bit of sass and sense of humor. So you open up the package, and then inside the box, there's these two cans. And there's a little one and a large one that's like a large paint can, kind of like a port of paint. And the, the bottles are labeled this for the little one and that for the big one, right, for the quart can. And you dump the two products, you dump this into that, and then you stir it up, and you paint your wall after prepping it, and et cetera, and it turns it into a whiteboard. So with this labeling of this and that, they've made it really kind of fun, right? And they have a bunch of other things that they do in their packaging. There's also Yeti microphone. They do a great job with their packages. It's right here. Um, Yeti microphone is the mic I use for this um, broadcast. And they have these cute icons and little characters on the back. You can kind of take a look at that. And um, it's got a lot of information on their package. And I've never been able to read the whole box, but I do like their little uh, mascot guy. So um, those are a couple quick examples, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that. So let's see. Um, we've got more questions coming in. Um, okay. So door jam. Uh, yep, the website, Facebook, and Instagram are all live for door jam. Congratulations, Steve. Um, so you can find Door Jam there. So it's D-O-O-R, and then Jam is J-A-M-M. -M. So it's two M's at the end, okay? Um, if you have any police or first responders um, in your mix of people, you really should check it out. It's awesome. Um, oh, this is a great question. So Mike Locker is asking, how often would I recommend a packaging refresh when in mass retail? Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, the email that I sent out this morning gave a case study of one of our clients. Um, and they were actually in danger of being kicked out of the account when they got introduced to us. So definitely if you are in um, a tough spot with the buyer, you're not making the terms of the inventory that you should, or you're getting a lot of product returns or a lot of phone calls, definitely look at your packaging as part of the solution, okay? If you're just doing a general refresh, like you just want to know how often should that be happening, it's every couple of years. You don't want to do it too frequently because there is something called brand equity that you build in a recognizable package. 
But if the recognizable package is not a good one, then you really should change it now. And I mean right away. Um, the buyers are going to evaluate you based on turns and dollars per square foot. So it's really important that you generate sales. And if your packaging is not supporting your sales, you have to change it and change it fast, okay? So, Mike, I hope that helps. Um, let's see. Um, okay, so Finder's Keeper is asking a question online. What about displays for products um, and can you use for explanation? So, okay, yes, displays for the product um, can be used to explain the product, but you can't always count on them putting the display up. And the display for product is, um, it, it depends on the square footage that you're being allotted, whether or not you're going to be allowed to put one in, right? So if you think about it, your packaging is the, is the nucleus of it, right? Your package is the nucleus, and then you build a display out from there. So if you are using the display to do all the explaining, and a store says, hey, I don't have room for your display, then you're going to take a hit on your sales. Also, if you're doing a lot of online sales and the explanation of the product is on the display, you're going to have a hard time with repeat orders online because people won't know what to do. If you're using the display to explain it and you're shipping online, you should probably look at adding an insert to your package um, or having a different header card for the online sales or something so that people actually use the product once they get it and they understand it when they first open it, okay? Because even on your online, people feeling comfortable with your product is really important. Um, so let's see, Nisi Bennett. Um, Amy, I do have a logo design already. How will I know if I need to change it? Um, the logo needs to play well on the package. And so there's usually two different kinds of logos. There's the logo for the company, and then there's logo for the product. They are not necessarily the same thing. We have clients that are, like PowerSafe, um, PowerSafe.us, you can see the product there. Really, really awesome hand guard for reciprocating claws. Um, I don't think I have one of their packages here. We did their packaging. Their logo um, that we created is actually also their company logo, okay? So sometimes that's the case. Sometimes you'll have a product name and a company name that's different. So um, how will you know if you need to change a logo really comes down to does it let you do the things you need to on the packaging? And um, you have to, when you're creating a logo, look at it in color, look at it in black and white, look at it in grayscale, and look at it in all white. So can you reverse out over something is really important consideration too. Um, so it's gonna just it's gonna depend on how it's performing. And sometimes you may not notice the problem with your logo. Like um, the client we were working with on Saturday, we hadn't done their logo. Uh, she brought it to a first meeting and like I said earlier, it, it had a really strong visual right in the middle that was not really going to be complementary to the product. So um, definitely, if you're a client of ours, we look at them all the time and give the thumbs up, thumbs down. So um, we also do them. But 
Um, okay, phone lines. If you're on the phone and you have a question, press star to raise your hand. We're going to do one last couple of questions and comments here, and then we are done for the next two weeks. So even if your product question is not around your packaging, it's more about sales or a buyer is saying something, you want to understand what they're saying, happy to answer that too. Um, okay, so over on Facebook, it looks like maybe we've answered everything there. So, yep, the answer is Mike's question. Um, and then for everybody who's on the Facebook, uh, there's the door jam uh, information, so you can make sure you've got the product uh, page that is the correct one when you go there. Um, all right, and so for everyone who's, who likes these shows, um, if you are not on the reminders list, I would really ask that you go sign up for it. It is where we announce the topics first, and That'll give you a head start on planning your week. Um, and then also, we've been adding some new resources over on our website. So over on productsprofits.com, you can see some new video content. There's some three-minute videos on the homepage that are all about how to build a business with your product, how to license, etc. So I would really love for you to go take a look at those if you haven't already. And then... If we have not talked about your project and you're interested in it, um, you know, you want to discuss it, etc. Um, please, please let me know and you can sign up for a conversation with us about how to work together over on our website. So um, productsprofits.com, that's P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S and then T-O. P-R-O-F-I-T-S dot com for the website. And we'll take one last cruise through the phone line. There we go. We've got someone from Northern California. Four ends in 6354. Hi there. Hi, Amy. It's Glide Guy. Hey, Stephen. How are you? Well, I'm hanging in there. I'm still kind of figuring out how I can do my packaging, but since my packaging is uh, everything's in parts, it's hard to right. show everything assembled. Well, if I, is it this, still the same package that I saw a while ago, uh, like a fold-over header card that's sort of a yellowish with a poly bag below it? Um, I actually switched from that, and I just went into a poly bag with a flyer, Actually, is on the inside that has all the information showing through. Yeah, um, your previous card, there really wasn't much space for any photos or a whole lot of marketing text. And for everybody who's listening to this, whenever you have what's called a header card, that means a card at the top and then there's a poly bag that's stapled to it or attached to it, you lose a lot of marketing space because technically in – in the dollars per square foot math, your poly bag is is measured in there, right? Like it's it's included. That's part of the package. But the visual impact of a poly bag is lowered. So, Stephen, um, yours is going to come down to: Can you say that it say something along? It saves floors. It reduces scratches. It's, it changes the movement. Those kinds of things. You you've got to really drive that home on your package. 
the only problem with that is there's so much information by the time you put that on the package, it's in small print, and it's, you know, nobody wants to sit and read that much. Well, you can do it through some photos with call-outs on them, maybe, something like that. Um, and where are you selling, and who are you trying to sell to now? Uh, actually, right now, I've just got a, uh, a few local hardware stores that are carrying them. I can't, it's, it's hard to even find a hardware store to even pick them up for whatever reason. I don't know, but they just enjoy selling all of the felt pads. They don't want something that's going to last. Well, yeah, if yours is going to last longer than the felt pads and you're telling them that, it's going to work against you as a talking point in your sales conversation. So right. for everybody who's listening, um, durability is not necessarily your strongest point when you're trying to sell to a store because they actually want people to come back in, right? So saving wear and tear can be a, a tough sales point. So, um, you know, I would go with customer satisfaction, maybe better for yours. Um, so do you have a specific question? I realize I just launched in. I'm like, Talking packaging. <laughs> Stephen, do you have a specific question? I think we might have uh, dropped. It says he's still connected, but um, yeah. Okay. Well, we will come back and and see if Stephen. I'm going to leave your phone line open for a minute and see if uh, you come back on. So um, back over on the Facebook, I'm so glad. Um, uh, thank you, Dana. I'm, I'm glad that that was helpful for you. And great, we've got a bunch of people uh, giving thumbs ups over there. So please, if you're on the Facebook, um, thumbs up. You know, give us some uh, some likes so we know that that was on track for you. And then over on the phone line, um, hey Stephen, I can't hear you, so I'm really sorry, but um, happy to to uh, talk a little bit more with you about that. And the reality, if you are having a hard time with your packaging and you can't get stores to pick you up, your packaging probably isn't selling the product effectively. So um, that can be a bit of what's going on. I think we've got Stephen coming back on a different line. Stephen, is that you? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, cool. Do you have a specific so, question? Well, my biggest thing is, like you say, when I try to take them out, you know, and show them, it's hard to even get them to try the product. I go back six months later, and they still have it in the drawer in their office. They being the store or? Yeah. So is it better to right? take along a, a full sample that I have, you know, a, put together that I can actually carry into the store and show them on a chair or on something that works? Yeah, it would probably maybe, be better to maybe have two percent of them try it. You know, right? If you are in there and you're you're wanting to demo it, um, ask you leaving a package and waiting for them to do it is a bad way to go. If you can bring a chair leg and attach it to the chair leg and then show them the difference between that and a felt pad, you know, have one of each, 
Um, or if you bring in an extra chair leg and have them put it on and they see how easy it is, you know, it doesn't have to be a chair leg that's on a chair is what I'm saying. Well, I, 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 have, a, I have a sample leg, you know, that's only about four inches long with the sample on it showing it. That right. doesn't seem to help. <laughs> well, but you would do that next to a felt pad and show that the felt pad is easy to destroy and yours isn't? Yeah, that, that's that, a thought. The only, but my biggest problem is they want the felt pad for the resale. It's like flooring, flooring shops. They don't want to put it in because they want you to scratch the floor they just put in and come fix the floor. They've admitted that to me. They don't want a glide that actually works. Yeah. Then if, if you're really running into that and you really feel like that's what's going on, then you're going to have to get good at online sales and at finding your market online. And you probably should be doing that anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm not an advocate of just doing retail. We actually play in both the online and offline world because I think that's the strongest mix for everybody. Um, so it's going to be about how do you find the people that have already, you know, are experiencing, the, hey, they want to save the money that they just spent on the new floors. Yeah, the website's doing fairly well, and, uh, you know, they are on Amazon. That helps, too. And I've got a flooring company in, in Wisconsin that goes through, you know, quite a bit of stock wholesale. Mm -hmm. They're selling a ton. Right. So they're either selling them or they, they probably recommend them every time they finish the floor. Right. That's what I suggest to every flooring company I talk to. Mm -hmm. But again, that you know, they seem to they look at me and say, "Well, we really, you know, we get paid really well to fix a floor when they scratch it. Why should we go out of our way to supply something that doesn't scratch?" And I just look at them like that's not customer service. Well, here's the reality: you can um, give people a, pr a product when you. Say when they finish the floor, if they recommend it, most people aren't going to actually put it on. They just, you know, we just buy things all the time and we never actually implement. Um, so they're going to get called back to fix the floor anyway. They will. Um, and that's not the only way a floor gets damaged. It is probably the most common, as you, you would know better than I on that. But um, if you really want to sell to more people and you want to increase your sales, then you're going to need to get good at finding the people online that just had a floor installed whose company isn't willing to carry your product, right? And then also um, it's just going to take finding a lot of flooring companies as well as hardware store owners um, that are willing to give it a shot. You know, um, I, would, I would do something like, you know, the felt pads on your chairs are disintegrating. You know, this product lasts and um, you know, the durability issue, uh, if you were doing a direct ad campaign. Where are you going to have to go? Okay? Yeah, I'm going to have to do something to, you know, change advertising because, uh, you know, tell, telling them actually what they do and how they work doesn't necessarily make a difference. Yeah, it's this, the analogy of, you know, when someone buys a drill bit, they don't, they're not buying a drill bit, they're buying a hole. Right. You know? Okay, well, we'll play around with that. I'm having pretty good luck with the realtors handing out samples when they sell a home. They give them a little gift package. 
I leave them with the realtors, and right. uh, you know that that does does fairly well. Exactly, and I think that um, people who have spent a lot of money on a remodel would be a really good market because you know last thing you want is you just finish the remail, you just get new floors put in, and now you're scraping them up. Yeah, well, even if you buy a buy a, a, a an older home. It's still new to you, and you don't want to scratch it up. So that's where I have my best efforts. I think it's um, if you're getting a lot of resistance for the the store owners carrying them, um, do more on the online pieces, and that'll drive some store owners to you. Okay. Yeah, I have a lot of people on the online sales that are uh, you know taking the flyers into the local hardware stores too. So we'll see how that comes up. Yeah, and for the offline sales, then your packaging is definitely important. And actually, to get people to use it and put it on, your packaging is really important. And and people are going to try it in, say, the dining room before they put it in all rooms. So for you, your packaging is important because it gets you the extra sales. You know, people probably, unless they've tried it on one thing, they're probably not buying it for everything that's on a hardwood floor. Yeah, usually not okay. until they try it. Then then I get I get a lot of reorders, so I know that people are happy with them. It's just a matter of getting them out there the first time. Yeah, you're, you're kind of in that sampling mode almost. But so maybe that's how you do it. Maybe your ad campaign online, if you were going to do one direct to consumer, would be something like, um, let us show you how, you know, how much better this is. Um, we'll send it to you for the price of shipping. And then go for the reorder. So basically that your ad campaign uh, pays for itself because of the, the shipping, right? Yeah, I do, I do quite a bit of like sampling that. out that way, yeah. Yeah, but maybe ramping that up. And you can use Twitter ads, too. Twitter is more male um, than female as an audience, and they have a really good ad platform. If you want to um, dive into who recently bought a house, you can get that. Who recently bought flooring, you can get that. So those kinds of demographics are there. Okay? That's a good thought. Yeah, so I'm going to mute your line for your privacy so we can, so we can say good, goodbye. And um, we will be putting out the planning webinar that I talked about last week, um, or I guess the last show. Um, we just got a little delayed with the uh, Chinese New Year holiday and some other projects, but it will be coming out. So pay attention for that. And um, We've got some more trainings that will be available as well soon. So with that, everybody, um, have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Bye for now.